The following resource was recorded at Liberty Baptist Church, where we are one family with one mission. To learn more about us, please visit our website at lbcliberty.org. Hello, Liberty Baptist Church. This is Pastor Brandon. Today I have the privilege of giving the pastoral devotion out of James 1, where I invite you to turn. We will be studying James 1, 2 through 4. While you're returning there, allow me to share a book that our family is reading, Pilgrim's Progress, the Christian allegory written by John Bunyan. Brandon Preeti, one of our members, shared that RevelationMedia.com actually has a free viewing of Pilgrim's Progress that I'm sure would benefit you and your family. For those who are not aware, Pilgrim's Progress is the most widely distributed book in the English language outside of the Bible. It chronicles the journey of Christian from the city of destruction to the celestial city of God and not all that occurs on his travels. Last evening, we read a portion of chapter 3 where Christian arrives at the hill of the cross where his burden is removed. There he found rest and was filled with a joyful heart. Christian goes on his way and the first place he journeys is to the hill difficulty, the only way to the city of God. Bunyan there illustrates that though our salvation frees us from the bondage of sin and empowers us to kill sin, the road to glory for the Christian is marked with difficulty. I was drawn to James chapter 1 to give this devotion because of the spiritual benefit I believe it can have on us in the current moment of COVID-19, but also for moments of difficulties that are sure to come. The beauty of James 1, 2 through 4 is that it has broad application to the various trials of life. We can speak of a wide-ranging trial as an external, difficult situation where our faith is tried. The original readers of James had difficulties with financial reversals through economic exploitation that we see in chapter 1 and chapter 5, as well as illnesses and likely other difficulties yet unnamed. Our lives as Christians are going to be filled with various trials, and James' concern in chapter 1 is that we know how to respond to these trials well. So if you have your Bible opened to James chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 2 and read through verse 4. Here's what the Word of the Lord says. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. In these verses and the greater context of James 1, we find that there are three ways to respond to a trial. In these verses, we see that in a trial, there should be a posture we should fight for, a purpose we should pursue, and a promise we should remember. First, God's Word teaches us that in a trial, joy is the posture we should fight for. Look with me at verse 2. It reads, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials. As he often does in the letter, James addresses his readers as brothers and sisters, which describes the familial relationship Christians enjoy with God as his children, and also the relationship that they enjoy with each other. We are informed here in verse 2 that trials are a normal Christian experience and should be responded to with great joy. 
Implicit here in James, but supported by the fuller theology of the Bible, is the fact that God is sovereign over our trials. We could not be joyful or see good purposes in our difficulties if God were not over them. But because God is sovereign over our trials, we can go to Him for help, strength, and ultimately trust that God's good and wise purposes will come to pass. Verse 2 states that joy is always to be our posture in trials. You see that the verse reads, whenever you experience various trials, whether expected or unexpected, long or short, big or small, whenever you experience a trial, Joy is the posture you should fight for. Now, why do I use the language of fight? That joy is what the posture that we should fight for. I use this language because joy in trials is both unnatural and it is not easy. Our joy will likely fluctuate between the days and weeks of a given trial, but we must do our best to re-engage our minds and hearts to maintain a consistent joy in our God. Now, in verse 2 here, the command to be joyful does not undermine the difficulty of a trial. As we know, trials are not joyful in and of themselves. In contrast, though, we are to be joyful because we can look through the the trial to see what God is using the trial for, namely our present and eternal good. Verses 3 and 4 give the reason we can be joyful during a trial, that God has an intended purpose in mind for us through the trial we are enduring. Verse 2 again, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials, because, verse 3, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Not only is joy the posture we should fight for in trials, but we learn in verses 3 and 4 that in a trial, sanctification is the purpose we should pursue. Thank God our trials are not meaningless. Trials which test faith produce something. They do something for the Christian. We should consider our trials with great joy because of the good spiritual purposes that come about through trials. Instead of fixating on the circumstances surrounding the trial, we are to consider how the present moment can be used by God to aid our love for Him, our devotion to Him, our commitment to Him. Trials train us specifically in endurance, verse 3 reads. This endurance is steadfastness. It's the ability to remain faithful to the Lord despite external hardships. When we persevere through difficulties, our faith is increased and our spiritual muscles of endurance grow stronger. We need to understand that there are certain aspects of our Christ-like character that will only be formed through difficulty. Now, this is not to say that Christian maturity only takes place during trials, but it does create a context especially suited for our spiritual growth. Why is that? A few reasons are that trials humble us. They make us depend on God. They strip us of our sin patterns. And they do so much more that we don't even cognitively realize James continues on here by commanding that our endurance have its full effect, its intended result. James is telling us 
not to let our endurance expire before present maturity and future perfection are visible. Verse 4 instructs us that the result of ongoing endurance is Christian maturity and spiritual wholesomeness. If we do not give up in a trial, but embrace God's purpose in it, we will grow in spiritual maturity. Our enduring trials will give us a more secured footing in our walk with the Lord. Now, in speaking of Christians being complete, lacking nothing that you see at the end of verse 4, James is not thinking of sinless perfection as something we can attain on earth. He's instead positing that overcoming trials is integral to our sanctification, whereby we image more of Christ and lack less and less spiritually. The scripture teaches that we aspire to maturity in this life and we await perfection in the next life. Completeness will ultimately be attained in glorification. We see in these verses that in a trial, sanctification is the purpose we should pursue. Instead of a trial being an occasion for sin, the Christian embraces the trial as a blessed opportunity for sanctification. If God does not remove a trial from us, we can be assured that God has good, kind purposes for our enduring the trial. And instead of the trial eliciting within us unbelief, murmuring, despondency, rebellion, slothfulness, and unrepentant sin, we should pursue God's purpose of sanctification and we should do it joyfully. James 1 teaches us that enduring in faith through trials had, has good purposes for us in the present. It affects our maturity. It affects our stability in the Lord. We know that if, when we persevere through a trial, our, strength is faith, it, our faith is strengthened. Our lives are made holy. Our love for God increases. But we, what we also need to see in James 1 more broadly is that enduring in faith also has good purposes for us in the future. We see in James 1.12 that in a trial, blessing is the promise we should remember. Blessing is the promise we should remember. Look, look down with me at verse 12. The verse reads, Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised for those who love him. Not only does our enduring trials spiritually benefit us in the present through us growing in maturity, Enduring trials also benefits us for all of eternity. For those who continue following Christ, they will be rewarded. At the close of the letter, James draws attention to such people who have endured trials in faith. Chapter 5, verse 10 says, Brothers and sisters, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count as blessed those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance and have seen the outcome that the Lord brought about. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Blessed Christians are enduring Christians. Ultimately, we find our greatest imitation in the Lord Jesus himself who endured every trial and the temptation for our suffering. Today, we celebrate Palm Sunday and we set our eyes on this final week of Jesus's life or his perfect life came to an end in His substitutionary death for undeserving sinners. Through His resurrection, three days later, all who repent of their sins and trust in Christ will be saved. Furthermore, those who are saved 
will be enabled by God to persevere through every trial. In this way, we are following our Lord on the cross-bearing path of discipleship that we have seen previously in Mark's gospel. In James 1, we see God-glorifying ways to endure the trials of life. Since God is sovereign over our trials, we know that they are purposeful. We can be joyful in trials because we know that God purposes the trials for our present and eternal good. As James continues on in verse 5, we also know God to be the giver of wisdom in our trials. He strengthens our faith. He provides discernment for us. He provides for us in every way. Joy, then, is the posture we should fight for in our trials. Sanctification is the purpose we should pursue in trials. And blessing is the promise we should remember in trials. In short, as we travel the hill difficulty on our way to the city of God, Joy is the posture we should fight for because God uses trials to sanctify us and He promises to bless all those who endure to the end with sanctification now and glorification in the future. Liberty Baptist Church, the Lord bless you as you respond in in faith to this present trial, COVID-19, and the trials to come in the future for you. Pray that this message would be used to strengthen your faith even now and in the days to come as well. The Lord bless you.